Hello and welcome back to the Dusha podcast. I'm your host, Artem Mushin Makedonsky, and we are back to create a more purpose-driven business to help your values really drive behavior of the employees and to help your corporate culture become functional and fitting for your organization, your strategy, and your goals. Um, this is really a tough purpose uh, to attain and to do it. As usual, we invite great experts from all around the world. And today we are going to talk about how international cultures influence our organizational cultures, how they combine and how they uh, influence each other both ways. So to speak about this topic, we really need an expert. And I have a special guest for you tonight. It's Annette Dahl, the CEO of, and chief trainer of the C3 Consulting Company. It's a consulting company that Annette has launched in 2006. And today it's a really recognized provider of wide range international training programs all around the world. Annette is a leading trainer there, and um, she has hosted a lot of uh, educational programs, and uh, she's really keen on how the international culture is influencing and is combined with the culture of organizations. Annette, welcome to the show. It's so great to see you here. I can't wait to begin this talk. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you for the nice introduction as well, Artem. Thank you so much. So, Annette, to dive into it, um, can you tell me a little bit about what corporate culture is for you? Because there are really a lot of understanding of this world, of this word in this world. So what's your view on it? Yeah. Yeah, the, it's a really good question and very complex one as well. Um, and corporate culture for me is like the core of the company, it's sort of like the connection between the mindset and behaviors. A lot of times we would talk about the values and the, and, and the vision, mission values as well of, of, the, uh, of the corporate culture. And for me, it, it's very often also about the guidelines and the, and the directions. So um, I, would, I would need to tell a new employee, so you know, this is what you buy into, this is the corporate culture that, that, we, that we do in the, in the company. But very often when, when I'm working within different, um, within different companies, I see that the corporate culture is very closely connected to the national cultures as well, or the national values uh, of, of, um, of the culture where the, the, the company is situated. And they are very often influencing each other, but it's very much about um, uh, the, the guidelines and direction of the company. How do we do things in, in our company? So it's the behaviors and the mindset that are very often, um, for me anyway, very important. A lot of the times they are written down. They are like, you know, a, a nice one pager or, or small sheets or um, mouse pads or stuff like that. And that's also interesting. But, but uh, when I want to look into the, the, the corporate culture, I want to look into, so what are you actually doing? How are you behaving? How are you leading? How are you managing? How do you set up your meetings? How do you run your projects? Um, so that's what I would be looking for when I go into to the companies and analyze and, and, and assess the different corporate cultures that I see. Great. So it's, it's lovely to hear that in your approach, it's also about behavior and solely yeah. about behavior because that's, that's the thing I, I see sometimes in companies that culture is not about, you know, behaving the right way to attain the right results, but rather, you know, a nice fluffy thing to have. Yeah. In the perception of people so and we we and that's an interesting point because we rarely talk like this about national culture 
Mm. We sometimes we hear such words said about corporate culture, and that's interesting. Mm. And mm. okay, let's um, dive into this topic because there are so many intersections. And the one I would like to begin with is um, I know that some some countries have different cultures. Like for exa- for yes. instance, um, we have a great company called Perry here in Russia. It's a Germany-based company uh, in manufacturing. Um, they are. Uh, a great family uh, kind of culture. Uh, they have a family ca- kind of culture. And at some point, they came to Russia and they integrated and mm. they opened their division here. And they have an awesome corporate culture. We also recorded a podcast in the Russian version with them because they are like one of leading employers here. And the, the, the thing is, uh, they have fitted together quite nicely. But sometimes it's not like this. It's like mm. one company, mm. one like a Japanese company comes to, mm. for, in, for instance, to India or to Russia and they have yeah. different cultures. Yeah. And maybe there is a way to make uh, two cultures of a, of, a, of a country synchronized so the organizational yeah. culture stays functional. How, yeah. how can we leverage that? Whew, yes. Um, uh, if, if I was to able to actually give you a very, very short answer to this complex question. I think that I need to, to, to raise my fees in the, in the trainings that I do. Um, but very often it's a matter of, yeah, first realizing um, where, where are the differences actually and, uh, and to appreciate that we do have differences and then see, okay, so how do they match to the corporate culture? If they are very far away from each other, we need to see how can we bridge the different cultures. So where can we find similarities as well? So, um, so it's a matter of actually seeing that we do come from different cultures and we are also people that are working together with each other. So if the national cultures are very different from each other, how can we use our personal skills and, and, and relationships to build bridges to strengthen our collaboration? So we need to be really skilled in talking about the differences and not looking at them as huge challenges, but realizing that they are different from each other. And then when we get together with each other in our team or in our project, how do we add in some of the strength of the different cultures so that they are a part of the way that we do things? And how can we talk about the things or the, or the elements where they actually clash a little bit uh, and, and are not uh, easily fit within the company, uh, the company culture? So it, it needs, we need to have strong um, managing skills in driving that project or driving that team. Uh, and that's actually something which is very closely connected also to having a high degree of cultural intelligence that you you have the the ability and the skills to talk about culture, not from a biased perspective. And that means not from a right, wrong, good, bad perspective, but much more from a we are different and we are appreciating the differences. How can we bond? How can we connect? How can we bridge? And how can we talk about the differences where we have potential clash? So it's not it's not just about um, like ignoring that we have the differences if we, if we don't talk about them. Like I was working in a company at one point and the, the manager, he stood at him and say, yeah, we come from many different national cultures, uh, but in our company here, we just forget about the national cultures because we all work in the same company and the company culture is most important. So ignore the national cultures and focus on the, on the, on the corporate culture. Mm-hmm. 
and the thing is that 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 didn't work because we do come from different <laughs> national cultures we are different from each other and when they didn't have the chance to actually talk about the differences it, it ended up in a blame game why are you like on a personal perspective why are you doing it like that i don't i don't like your way of 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 doing this so they simply didn't acknowledge that they were coming from different national cultures. And that meant that they didn't have a language to talk about it. And that was a huge challenge in this, um, in this uh, specific project that I was working in. On the other hand, I was working in another project where they, uh, they didn't uh, at all talk about the corporate culture, but instead talked about their huge differences. And they put like, <laughs> please remember that when you're going to this project, um, it's dangerous to do this and you cannot do that and all people do this and in each situation you will experience this so they completely build up like a huge wall of the culture culture differences was which was in like it was like oh my god i'm afraid to do anything here and i'm completely limited and they put very very strong labels on uh, on, on the people that they were seeing. So they were actually over-exaggerating the influence of the national culture and completely forgetting that we are actually also in the same project with each other. So one of the really complex things is to navigate and balance out both, uh, we have both national cultures and corporate culture. And how, do, how are they interlinked with each other? So it's really about creating a common platform. It's about using your cultural intelligence to, uh, to have a language to talk about the culture from an appreciative point of view and to also uh, uh, highlight or to also be able to talk about what happens in the difficult situations where we can see that the national culture really influences the behavior but we would actually appreciate that it was the corporate culture that influenced the behavior so what do you do in that situation uh, so it's a both and uh, complex uh, um, uh, um, topic and and you need to be able to not go into the extreme points of view where you either ignore or you over etc you need to sort of find middle ground um so yeah wow that sounds again uh, in these interviews i i always hear some things that sound uh, really simple but they are not easy <laughs> and that's that's one of them because let me just uh, sum it up real quick so we have to leverage and find the balance between acknowledging the differences between our yeah. national cultures and at the same time based on the things that we are similar in terms of our organizational culture and here's the th the thing um I, a thought came to me while I was listening to you is that the, the things that are not changeable, the, inter, the, the national culture, we have to acknowledge these and we have to base on the changeable things, which are actually our, our organizational goals and results and our aims and, you know, such, such things. Am, am, did I get you right? Yes, yes, you did. And then we have to remember that we are all people. Yeah. Uh, and and if the national culture that we come from, um, like at the moment, for example, I'm working in a project that uh, that are contain or that are mostly focusing on Danish people and um, and um, people from the Philippines. And if you look mm -hmm. specifically on the national cultures and you and you um, compare these two different cultures, they are very different from each other. There's some really really deep cultural differences, which could definitely uh, like put an edge. 
uh, or wedged in between the two different cultures. So what we are doing here is that we are opening up our mindsets. We're really saying, okay, yeah, so we are different from each other. That's so amazing. What can we do with these differences? Which of the great things from different from the two different cultures can we put into the same project and actually use as a benefit in our project? And where can we as people bond with each other? So in 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 that specific as a part of balancing out, as you say in, in, in the sum up, is that we need to remember that we are all people who all come from cultures. And if, we, if the national cultures are very different from each other, what we can do is to make sure to find similarities in our personal bonding. Like, uh, I'm a mother, I, I, I go for a run, or I, I, I have a hobby, I read books. Uh, and so, you know, you, you need to, to use the relationship building and the trust funding mm -hmm. as a part of finding, uh, you know, seeing the similarities that we are also similar with each other. We are people who go to work and who enjoy uh, right, our weekends right. or something like that. Right. So so if the, if the differences are vast and big, you want to balance it out by saying, okay, but how can we as people in our relationship building find similarities that can be our platform that can stand? Done, yeah carrying the differences with us as well and that's a tough task i mean uh we as people can sometimes well i would say ignore but that, that's not the right word we can acknowledge, acknowledge our differences but then work up for the balance but here's the yeah. thing um recently i had a podcast with samantha slade and she was she told me about how they had a common language in the in their perk yeah. lab and uh, they are, you know, when, when they're discussing how they can uh, leverage the self-determined pay, uh, like salary in the organization, they have a common language. So here, uh, here's the thing. Can you tell me a little bit about how maybe there's a model of something like this where, where we can, you know, establish this common ground for people to talk about, to, to begin mm. this conversation? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, we, we are actually really favorites of models because uh, the, the brain loves a model when you're in a complex situation. So, so you can use a model to, uh, to, to, to sort of have a shortcut in, in your talk about this. One thing that I just want to say is that we have to remember that when we're using models, they are just models of reality. They're not reality exactly. in itself. So they simplify the reality. But it's a really, really good tool to use when you're in a complex situation. So we use a couple of models. Um, we have uh, we have the double iceberg. And if I refer to the specific project that I'm working in at the moment with the Danish and the Filipino culture, we use a double iceberg. Like visualize, imagine when we are on audio right now that you see two different icebergs. And we have the top of the iceberg, which is the visible part. And then we have the deeper uh, part of the uh, iceberg, which is the invisible part. So we could make like a, a Danish iceberg. We have a lot of values and, and, and traditions and habits and norms and social guidelines that's pretty difficult to understand and see um, on, on, on one side. And then we have the Filipino iceberg on the other side. And they also have norms and social guidelines and traditions and habits that are just as normal for them as our habits are normal for us. So that means that we now realize that we have two different versions of normal that are both just as perfect and just as right, but just different. 
And then when we do a project like this, what, we, what the team can do is to say, all right, in our team, how would we like our iceberg to look like? Which cultural drivers should be the ones that are influencing our behavior in, in this specific context? And then actually, uh, say well, uh, so that would be a mix of the company culture. It would be a mix of the of the national cultures, and and they would actually like really visible on a flip chat or if they're working online as they are doing it right now, uh, could use different kind of online tools to actually create um, a new uh, a new iceberg that would visualize. Uh, uh, how how does it look like in our visible behavior? How do we do the meetings? How do we speak out uh, in our meetings? How do we follow up? Uh, and and or, like how do we lead the project? And what are actually the invisible values that we would like to be a part of? Uh, of how we are a part of this team. And that would actually be a really, really good way of kicking off a project or like every time I have a new employee coming into my team that I need to onboard, it would be an amazing thing to calibrate and say, because a team culture should be dynamic and it's flexible and it moves like right now the team cultures move because we have a specific situation around the world right now. So. Uh, so, so, so this iceberg should be like alive, uh, and and it's something that the team lead could uh, uh, reach out to maybe every second month or something like that, and and calibrate and say, okay, so where are we actually right now? We have these new people coming into the team, or we have a new task that's of a higher priority for for the uh, for the company right now. So. Uh, how do we how do we work on our on our culture on, on our behavior? So we mm -hmm. we invite the teams to be much more explicit about how do we do things instead of just assuming you know if you have anything to say speak it out if you don't understand what's going on let me know. So we need to be in our global projects. We need to be much more explicit. And we have another model that we use here. We call it the triple E's, and the triple E's are uh, explicit explain explore so you want to be explicit mm -hmm. about what we do you want to explain the background for one side and swap it to the under, uh, to the other side and you want to explore what's actually behind the words that we are mm. using or behind the behavior that we are using and so we sometimes say okay have you put the, the triple e on the table so that you make sure that you don't assume that every everybody mm. is on board that you don't perceive that you don't guess actually uh, sometimes I'm, I'm sort of challenging some of the teams that I'm working with and they suddenly realize, oh my God, we're guessing what's in your mind. And, oh, and that's beautiful. I, uh, yeah. So, so once you realize, oh my God, we are guessing what the other person is thinking about this and they are guessing what I'm thinking about this, they, they, they suddenly say, oh my God, we, we need to be much more vocal about this and we need to be much more visible, especially if we are online. So you can use the double iceberg to to understand and appreciate the differences, create your own version of the iceberg. You can use the triple E to uh, to make sure that you that you uh, take away the assumptions and the perceptions and right. add them with understanding and insight. Uh, so that's we have many more, but that's right. that's definitely some of the easier things that would train your brain to be flexible and change the perspectives. Right. That's a beautiful idea. And, you know, I'm seeing in my mind the two icebergs representing like you and me, for instance, because mm -hmm. we have different national cultures. And yeah. what I see is that the triple E 
explain, explore, and explicit, they are like lowering the water level. Do I, do yeah. I get it right? Y yes, yes, so exactly. We, we, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. That's beautiful. So we are showing like uh, the basic reasons and uh, the, for our actions. And that's like the practice of um, transparency, I would say. And that's a beautiful thing because we really need more transparency in, in our world. And, you know, the, yeah. this... This is a great. This is a great place to be. Thank you so much, um, and it's it's a beautiful model. And thank you so much for evaluating. Yeah, I really have you know this short memory that came came to mind when uh, we had an African African expat who came to a Germany company, and he was you know uh, we had to uh, make sure that he is fit, and he was uh, going through an interview with a local German uh, top manager. And uh, the, the manager later came to us and said, well, who did you bring? What is this mess? And we said, like, what happened? And he said, well, uh, at first I came to the hall where he was sitting before the interview. And as soon as he saw me, he ran into the room of the interview without greeting me. Then when I came to the room, he said hello and sat down to the chair and he was extra comfortable. Like he, he slid down his chair, he made his arms in, into his sides. And I, and I thought, well, maybe he, is, he looks comfortable, maybe I should mm. too. And I, so, so I slid in my chair too. <laughs> and he slid even, we move even more down, like lying down in this mm. chair. And, and uh, he's telling it to us. And then we say, well, what do you think are the reasons? And he says, well, he's rude. And he's like, you know, mm. in intolerant to people. And then we started exploring and, you know, s helped him explain yeah. just like you're yeah. saying. Exactly. And it turned out, it, and it's, it was fabulous. This man came from a culture when, uh, where there are two basic rules. The person with the most... Um, most value most uh, weight in the in the team comes into the room the last he has to close the door it's a cultural norm mm. and moreover he has to sit so that his head is above all else and ah. he's african so he's like 190 tall and this is a german <laughs> guy who's like 180 so he had to sit down <laughs> in his chair and this this iceberg model and the triple mm. e is like well, we, we unconsciously, we used it. So yeah. thank you so much for evaluating. That's really, that's really valuable. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, very, very often, just to add a, another thing yeah. is, uh, it is to be like to actively look into, I'm wondering where I have some blind spots. I'm wondering where mm. my missing links are. And in that situation, uh, I, I, I often invite when we're doing expert trainings to say, so like so if i'm jumping to the other iceberg which i'm not familiar with i would be able to say so if if you need to give me some advice about how to be um respectful in in your culture in this company what do you think that i don't know yet that i should know in order to be um respectful to the oh, people that's that i'm a beautiful meeting question. and and that means that that we are actually activated, uh, activating uh, like some areas in our brains where we are looking for the unknown elements of our culture. So mm -hmm. I might not actually really be uh, aware of what it is that uh, my colleagues should know about my culture, but then suddenly I, I start become aware of it and I say, oh yeah, that's a really good question. I've never thought about what it is that I should know, but don't know. Uh, mm. So active, uh, looking for blind spots and missing links are also yeah. a part of the iceberg of the double iceberg um, wow yeah. 
That's a great question. And, and as a storyteller and a story collector, I really like great questions. Here, it goes to right to my collection. Good. <laughs> okay, and here's one more thing I would like to explore, and it's also related to both cultures, international and organizational. Here's mm-hmm. the thing: um, sometimes the the you know the global team has uh, a, a set of cultures for organization. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was myself, I was working in a, a French bank group, Société Générale. And uh, they had a division in, in Russia, which was actually a bought-in division uh, because it was, it was originally a Russian bank. But uh, after the, the buying procedure, uh, the company started to um, introduce the new values, this new set yeah. of values. And uh, to tell the truth, it wasn't introduced properly. It was more like written than done. Yeah. And, uh, but, but here's the thing. Uh, the values that they introduced were like, more common i would say uh let me just give you an example uh engagement team spirit (laughs) innovation and responsibility those are like you know like wash your hands say hello you know (laughs) stuff like basics but some companies uh, they really go into uh, introducing the actual working set of values and sometimes we, when we introduced them to a new a division that was bought that has a different set of values, mm. it, they start to contradict. So maybe mm. there's, uh, maybe you have had such a project or an example where you helped to facilitate something like this, or you have like a view how can we help an international group to acquire mm. the company and you know stay mm. in inside the organization mm. culture. Yeah, they're very much linked into what I've already said, actually. And I and mm-hmm. I, I have a project that I was working on. It was um, uh, between, yeah, there were quite a lot of different nationalities, but the main ones was a Danish management team and a Chinese management team. And one of the mm-hmm. really core values and uh, ways of working or leadership principles in the company was proactivity. You, you need to be in any kind of situation in this company regardless of your position or rank or responsibility, you need to be proactive. And right. I, that's for the Danes, right? No, that was a company value. That should oh, be- Oh, company value, that, okay. Yeah, and it should be a part of all of the uh, local side and simply just, you know, whichever mm-hmm. nationality you came from and role and responsibility, you should be proactive. And, and you're right where you say, well, that's a national value, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really, really closely connected to what we perceive as being very right and very normal and very mm-hmm. respectful behavior in our family, in our education system, um, regardless of where you are in the Danish society. But now they brought it up to be, uh, you know, but this is how we do it in this company. So they said, well, you know, this is not connected to national culture at all. This is, you know, if you, you, if you work in this company, that's what you buy into. You need to be proactive. And what, what, uh, what I work with, like when I work with a management group, they, they realized that they had different sort of uh, perceptions about proactivity. And, uh, and it was very, very closely connected to the national backgrounds. So I asked them on a very, like we actually spent four hours on working with uh, dealing with proactivity. 
Um, and uh, I asked the management group on a scale of one to 10, how important it is to be proactive in your working day. And of course, all of them, because they are skilled managers, they say, oh, it's really important <laughs> for 10 of them. I say, all right, that's good. So are we on the same page now? Do we then all understand what is going on? Since, you know, it's easy to agree that all of you, you score 10. So, okay, bada bing, that's a wrap. We are on the same side. Let's move on. And then I was digging into the proactivity, both from a language perspective, from a historical perspective, from a lot of different perspectives. And, and they said, no, the, the, then the, the, the Danish said, well, you know, if a proactivity is connected to be self-driven, everyone should be proactive. And, you know, you, uh, you need to, to take own initiative. You need to take own responsibility. And, you know, you do it without uh, involving the manager all the time. And then the, the Chinese, on the other hand, said, no, 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 no. You know, we completely buy into proactivity. And, of course, we need to do it. But it has to be manager-driven. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And then the Danish said, yeah, and then the Danish said, no, 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 no. But then it's not proactivity anymore. Uh, then it's micromanagement and, you know, but uh, so we were digging in and digging in and digging in and digging in so that we were really uh, like uh, we were really working with the whole notion of proactivity. And they realized that it's not as simple as it looks on the paper. Uh, so from the very beginning, it looked at this, all of them could completely buy into the, to, to the value. But in the, in the mindset and in the behavior, the national culture where they came from influenced a lot how they, how they sort of, uh, how they worked with the proactivity, how they were managing or leading the proactivity to their teams. And they realized in the end that they had to give flexibility so that the national culture could also be a part of how to behave within proactivity. And that's when I come back to what I said in the beginning, that you have to be able to manage a both and level. That, yes, we do buy into the proactivity and it does look different from a Danish or Chinese perspective, because otherwise it's simply too far away from, from reality. And that's what I see quite often is that the values, they look really great on paper. They, they work well. Everyone uh, agrees on it and everyone thinks, yes, of course, we need to have it. it it's a good idea. But the, but the reality uh, in the different cultures, in the different local sites, they, they are simply different. So we need to be able to add in flexibility to the company values. Otherwise, it, it, it's only words. Uh, it's only... Um, nice piece of papers, uh, laminated maybe even, or in, in a great, <laughs> a great colored posters on the walls or anything like that. But um, just as models are only, uh, uh, like uh, models are, are only reflecting reality, they're not reality in itself. That's the same for, for values and papers. How closely connecting, uh, connected are they to the real reality that exists in the local side? We need to be able to talk about this and embrace that there, there has to be some kind of, of dynamic uh, into this. So, so, yeah, so that's really one of the things that we talk about. And that's not easy. Um, and, it, and, and yeah, we, we spent four hours on, on dealing with this, but it took a long time. It was like really something that they are continuously working with in, in this specific project here.
Yeah, that's that's a beautiful example, and I, and I like how you are really sharing the the cases, not just saying you know you have to be transparent. You ha- you're showing it by exemplifying those those kind of uh, moments because, and that's that's a beauty to me that some words in, in in even similar words in different languages mean really different things. Because yeah. uh, I recently stumbled upon the word crisis, which is uh, translated yeah. from Chinese as you know yeah. two words: opportunity yeah. and risk. Yeah. And this is a beautiful beautiful translation and beautiful combination mm. here's the yeah. thing um i would i would uh, i have like two more questions and first one yeah. is tricky because i i know that you're the go-to company and the go-to person when it comes to matching the international cultures and you know creating this kind of organizations but here's the thing uh i'm sure that you had some tough uh tough lessons that you've learned in this process like you know through the pain and through you know conflicts so maybe could you share one of those lessons that you've learned so the people listening to us can avoid this pain and you know sh- use your knowledge to the best <laughs> um well from my point of view when i'm doing a training for a specific like a leadership group or a, a kickoff project um I'm, to be honest, I'm really idealistic. I, I really want people to, to change the behavior. I want them to implement the techniques. Uh, we, we, it's, it's really, we spend so much energy in designing and doing the training and, and looking at everything as a learning process and all of these different things. And from my side, uh, from, from, uh, from a training point of view, some of the really hard lessons for me has been when I've been, I've had, a, a, luckily not that many, but I've had a couple of situations where I've spent so many hours and so much energy and time in designing a specific training really motivating people everyone has been so happy about it wow it's the best training ever and wow we're going to do a kick-ass team and then the manager comes back to me afterwards because i I reached out to him and say ah how can we make sure that the that everyone is implementing the new things and you know we need to drive the change and we need to drive the uh uh, the, the the new behavior and he says ah you know really really this was just our our yearly team event so I really just wanted people to feel motivated for a couple of days and I, I to be honest I don't want them to change too much actually um, and from a oh. from a train from a training point of view and when when you're dealing with uh, the whole notion of of you know uh, creating new teams and creating the team spirit and stuff like that. Oh my God, that has been such, uh, yeah, that's been really difficult um, from when you're looking at it from my perspective anyway. And, and of course, also some of the employees and some of the managers came back to me and said, you know, we're not really understanding why, why our manager is not uh, driving the process. I think that we agreed on this and this and this, and I uh, had to sort of uh, do a little bit of an indirect response here in order to not... Uh, let everything just fall to you to to the ground but uh, but i've experienced that uh, a few times uh, not that many of course or luckily but uh, that's really one of the hard lessons for me is that when when you add resources and time and money to a big project and you really don't want to see any big change afterwards so that that's um that's difficult um, oh that's yeah that's a pain i mean that that really counters all the all the efforts that have been put into it and that's that's really yeah. tough uh, there- another example is also when when we've been dealing with like 
really have had a big project. Everyone has been so eager in connecting and bonding. And then two weeks after we, we ended up the project, the manager or the, the, the executive management team made a new strategy that completely conflicted with everything that we did in the project. And so when the strategy of the company is changing and people are getting laid off or, or something like that, um, oh, that's also oh. like com complete bump and uh, very, very difficult to, for me and for the whole team who has really been, ah, it's such a difficult project, but we want to do it. And then two weeks lead later, uh, some of the key staff uh, are moved into other projects. Uh, they get their budget um, reduced, and all of the things that they want to do are not—they're not able to do this anymore. So, that's that's also that's really so difficult. tough. Wow, yeah. that's. I mean, the, the, to see that you're still doing this uh, despite the fact that su such cases happen—that's that's a real. That's a real pleasure to see that you're you're still there because that, that uh, takes a, that takes a lot of persistence. <laughs> yeah, but luckily it's not that often that it that uh, either of these examples happens. Most of the time, um, it, it, there are much more positive and fruitful results. Mm -hmm. Maybe from your perspective, could you share maybe a way to counter that, like from from the experience that you've had? Um, well. Uh, I've, I try, well, from, from the example number one, I try now to, uh, to really uh, dig into where do you want this uh, change to go? Where do you want the teams, team to, to, to be after the training? And, you know, so try to sort of visualize, you know, three months after we've done the training, what kind of behavior do you want to see? And who's driving, um, who's driving the, inf uh, the, the behavioral change afterwards? And if I realize that, that it's, it's really just um, a one-off or it really just is to motivate people, I need on my side to, to um, you know, to make a choice. Do I want this? Like, do I want to, to, to be a part of this project, even though that I know that, that uh, they don't need any kind of real or, or honest uh, behavioral change? Um, can I see it as an opportunity to see how can I move the individual people? So um, I try to now uh, like be like use the triple E, for example, a, a lot in my design process to see where do they actually want to go. And then if I can see it's really not something that is going to be driven after the project, I have the, the, the choice. I can say, you know, then it's not up for me. Or I can say, well, you know, I want to take the opportunity to see if I can make a difference for the individual people and see if, if I can make a change still. Thank you so much. These are really valuable reflections from your experience. Thank you. Annette, let's um, end up on some positive uh, things. <laughs> um, can you give like one final advice for a manager or, you know, HR or CEO who wants to challenge this really tough topic of um, combining the international culture and uh, the culture of, of the organization? Can you give them one final advice? What to look forward to and what to do to make it right? Oh, one advice. Yeah, um, I know that's that may be kind of <laughs> tough. Maybe two or well, like well, the, the um, major things. Definitely to, uh, to make, like really to make the differences 
like to see the differences in a appreciative perspective like uh, to see that uh, that people are not just cultural intelligent in its in their self it can of course be a part of a personal skill but very often it needs to be trained so you need to simply like for an hr for a ceo he needs to he needs to to train the organization to be culturally intelligent and a very big part of that is to appreciate the differences and to dig into the dif differences so you can have a deeper understanding and that means that you are connecting with each other instead of rejecting each other and when you have that skill that's a really really a quick shortcut to um to success um, and high motivation and performance in uh, in the teams so go away from cultural differences equals challenges and conflict management into wow i'm wondering where we can learn from the cultural differences and how can we appreciate them and how can we match them and how can we dig deeper into our understanding of each other's uh, background from a personal perspective from a company from a, a national perspective so appreciate um actively look for the differences and 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 similarities because it has to be balanced out that would be really um like be ambitious uh, about cultural intelligence in uh, in the companies. Wow, that's a great advice. I hope you all hearing this, uh, they, you use it to your advantage and you yes. become more explicit and yeah. uh, in your and transparent in your culture. Annette, thank you so much. This was a real pleasure. Um, just to wrap it up, can you share some contacts of yours so that people around here can reach out to you and if they have something to ask about, you know, corporate culture and international culture? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, um, feel free to link up with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow our, our webpage as well. We have, to be honest and very modest, we have an amazing uh, newsletter <laughs> uh, that comes out um, every four, five, six weeks, and it contains a new blog posts or short videos or concrete advice. Um, so we, we really uh, give out a lot of our content uh, of what we produce and we are continuously producing uh, like new models and new ideas and new elements and we really want to, um, to share it. We've also uh, written a book. It has like six months anniversary right now um, mm. and it's been really uh, positive um, that we have so many great uh, feedback from the book. It's very practical oriented, gives you lots of advice and, and tips and tricks uh, models uh, on how to uh, how to raise the cultural intelligence and, and improve your global mindset in your um, like in your global in, uh, encounters so yeah feel free to reach out at any time absolutely perfect and thank you so much that was a pleasure and please stay safe during these tough times yes thank you and you too this is it for today's episode of Dusha Podcast. We had an amazing chat with Annette Dahl, the CEO of C3 Consulting. And uh, I've learned a lot about how corporate culture is connected to the national culture. I hope you've learned uh, some practical tips and tricks like the iceberg models and the triple E, which stands for explicit, explained and explore. I love how this topic is really connected to being transparent and open and 
breaching this barrier, this wall that stands between us and an open discussion of our culture and how it is connected to our results and to our behavior. I think this is the real way to build up more results and more understanding in our companies. Stay tuned for the next episode of Dusha Podcast and please stay safe.